Well, we're now in our um, fourth week in our series of the call to be a disciple. Over the weeks, we've just a quick recap. We've we've looked at the call of Simon um, and the importance of actually being called by God to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We had a look at Andrew the, and the heart of what it means to be an evangelist. Last week, we explored James and ambition and, and how ambition is important, but we need to make sure ambition is actually directed in the right place. This week, I'm going to focus upon another of those first of the four disciples called by Jesus. In fact, it's actually James's brother, John. Now, the two brothers, you know, were... Uh, the sons of Zebedee, but they were often called another name. John and, and James were both called the sons of thunder. How'd you like to be called that? The sons of thunder. Well, you, if you, if you, well, daughters of thunder, you know, if you weren't male. Um, but, you know, to me, this, this doesn't particularly mean that they're particularly placid and peaceful kind of people, do they? You know, if you're called the Sons of Thunder, what do you kind of think you might be? Maybe a little hot-headed, a little aggressive. You know, when I think of thunder, what, I think of power. I think of destructions. I think of storms. You know, we, we had thunderstorms in Australia that roll through and destroy things. So when we think about thunder, we don't think of meek, mild placid, nice, friendly. We think of a kind of anger and power in there. When for Jesus to call John the sons of thunder, most likely it implied that he had a bit of a hot head or temper to him. You know, the question I want to ask you in all of this, actually, is have you ever struggled with being angry about things? Have you ever struggled with being angry? Yeah, a few of us have, you know. Angry at situations where others remain calm. Have you ever noticed that? You know how sometimes you get really angry and another person is completely calm in the same place? What is it? You know, what's the temperament difference here? You know, and as we explore John today, it's going to give us an insight into how we can be transformed from, from anger to love. Last week, we used a passage from Luke's Gospel um, to help us kind of understand uh, how, how James was courageous in asking God for something, but it also gives us a little bit more understanding about James and John, and it, and it gives us understanding in, in how he had a level of anger with inside him and how it sparked that. Let let me put it up on the screens for you. And when the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messages ahead of him and they went and entered a village uh, of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him because he was travelling towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? You know, that's not a meek and mild statement, is it? It's a a statement that's got a bit of anger in there. Um, But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what kind of spirit 
you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. Now, I, th- I think it's amazing when you actually start to look into it. It's, the thing we need to understand about this passage is that there had been years and decades and centuries of hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. They, they didn't like each other. You know, didn't like is probably a kind word of saying it. You know, do you remember ever seeing the you know those old TV shows where there's a family feud between one another? You know, between warring families, and they'd occasionally take pot shots at one another. Think that. Think that this has been going on for years and years. You know, kind of put it in perspective for us. You know, the Jews despised the Samaritans, yeah, and the direct route from Galilee, where Jesus was, to Jerusalem, was to actually go through Samaria, but but the Jews would often actually go the long way around. They wouldn't go directly through. They'd go the long way around because, because they didn't want to go through that country. You know, in many ways, Jesus is actually trying to cross into forbidden territory. But this, this hatred that they had was not just one-sided. It wasn't the Jews that just disliked, hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans reciprocated that and hated the Jews just as much. They were, they were tired of being called the Samaritan dogs. They were, they were tired of being branded the half-cast. They were, they were tired of being, you know, um, morally deviant in, that, in many ways, you know. And they especially hated the fact that the Jews considered themselves to be better religiously, that they were better stock than the Samaritans. So when, when, when a Jew would actually try to take the shortcut through their region, they would make life as difficult as possible. And so you know, when, when Jesus sends ahead to make arrangements for people to, for them to stay there and go through that section, you can actually see that they go, no, you're not welcome here, we don't want you, we don't want you to come. So you can kind of hear that coming out. And it's out of that area, out of that anger out of that place that John is so upset about. So upset that he says to Jesus, should we call fire down from heaven? You know, it's, it's not like, let's just bring fire down and we're just going to make a campfire and we're going to sit around and roast marshmallows. That's not what he's asking, is he? This, this is not a friendly statement. He's going, I want, you know, I want fire to come down and burn up everybody. I want them all gone. That's not a nice statement, is it? You know, we, we, we looked last week at how there was a level of courage having to ask that, but we also know that it was completely misplaced. And the root emotion out of this question that was asked was actually founded in anger. Anger because they couldn't pass through the Samaritan territories. And Jesus rebukes them and says that, that he didn't come to destroy, he came to save. You know, when I look at the world today, when I dare say I look at the church today and when I look at myself today, I, I think that we are too, too quick to move to anger about everything. You know, and we actually don't operate out of the principle of love. We tend to get angry when things don't go our way. You know, uh, you know we get angry if somebody happens to get in front of us in a line. We get angry when we're driving. You know, how many times have people got angry and, and we see it on the news so often, don't we? You know, this, this road rage because somebody happened to maybe cut in a little bit too close to, and it just boils over in people's heads. There's a level of anger there that, that shouldn't be there in our world. 
We get angry when somebody does something and we don't like it. We get angry when people don't think the same way. So my question for you is, is when I say when we get angry, fill in the blanks, what makes you angry? What is the thing that sparks that anger within you? That just gets you to fly off the handle? Because anger is something that is, is, is so common today. And unfortunately what happens is when we get angry, it tends to spill over into violence. And this is not what we want, not what our society needs, not what our world needs, not what God wants for our lives. And you know what? John who makes this statement about bringing fire down from heaven... That's not how he ends up. That's not how the Apostle John ends up being. You know, the the Apostle John, because of his interaction with Jesus, transforms from being a person of anger into being a person full of love. You know, according to tradition, John is the disciple that Jesus loved. He's also the author of the Gospel of John and, and other epistles in the, in, in the New Testament. See, John is recorded as, as actually having one of the most quoted, famous statements that come out. And it goes like this. For God so loved the world that... Notice the word. For God so loved the world that... He gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is a statement of love. This is a statement of hope. This is a statement of purpose. You know, it's actually interesting because, because John focuses on love. No other apostle focuses more on love than John does. His gospel mentions love more than any other book in the New Testament. any other book and if you actually include the Old Testament in this John only comes in the second into Psalms but Psalms is twice as long so it can get love into a little bit more times but John talks about love all the time and and, you know in the first epistle of John he mentions love so often in that that you can actually it's it's about once every 55 words He adds love in. John is the one who records this. This is my command. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no one greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. See, John undergoes this transformation from being known as a hothead, a son of thunder, being angry to being somebody full of love. And this transformation happens because because he's been spending time with Jesus. He's been walking around, seeing the miracles of Jesus, hearing the teaching of Jesus. And even in that process of, of doing that, he still gets it wrong. Jesus transforms his life. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to delve into his word, the more we get to see the character of Jesus and what he's done for us, the more we become like Jesus, the more we, we will move from being angry to being full of love. 
Because Jesus changes, Jesus transforms lives. You know, this is actually the business that Jesus is all about. About transformation of life. About coming into loving God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind and loving your neighbour as yourself. This is what it means. You know, John had the nickname the Son of Thunder but eventually John becomes known as the Disciple of Love. In the passage written by John in in 1 John 3, we're going to read from verse 11 through to 24, it says this. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should what? We should love one another. Notice what it is. This is a message we've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Even if the world is against you, what should we do? We should love one another. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. John is trying to encourage each and every one of us to to step up and to become full of love. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. He's he's really driving it home. He's going, even if you hate it, even if you get angry at them, you are as good as killing them. Love them instead. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life. We know what real love is. And what does he do? We know what real love is. He points to Jesus. Jesus gave up his life for us. This is what real love is. It's found in Jesus Christ. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live, he gives a lovely practical example here. So if someone has enough life to live and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? So it's not just words. It's not just an emotion. It's a practical thing. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. So dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence and we'll receive from him Whatever we ask, because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. I love this. And I love this commandment. We must believe in the name of Jesus, of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. And those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them, and we know he lives in us because of the spirit he gave us lives in us. We must believe in Jesus Christ. We must love one another. What a clear and bold statement. You know, 
Do we live? Do our lives reflect this statement? Do our lives reflect that the fact that we believe in Jesus Christ? Do, do our lives reflect the fact that we love one another? That hatred and anger doesn't well up too quickly? And yes, it does. You know, in our lives, we, this happens. We get angry at things. But we need to start to allow that to be tempered and moved aside. We need to stop ourselves in the midst of go that and actually go, how can I change this situation? What can I do? What in my life can I put down? Stop and pray. And if you start feeling like you're getting angry, take that moment to say, God, please calm me down. An important prayer for us to please calm me down and let love, your love, flow through me. So when, you, when you're getting frustrated because somebody's pulled in front of you, pray that prayer. You know, you know when it says in the, in, in the Bible to pray constantly, that's the kind of prayer when we start moving away from what God's plan for us, start to come back into it. Pray for these things to happen. Now, the thing I love, the thing I love about all of this, about looking at the disciples, looking at the apostles, looking at the people that surrounded Jesus, is that Jesus didn't call perfect people. Have you noticed that so far? Jesus didn't call perfect people. He didn't call people that were right on there, got it on the, you know, been to, you know, Bible college, knew it all backward to front and front to back and, and lived a life perfectly. He didn't call them. He didn't call the perfect people. What he did is he called the everyday person. And he used and changed and transformed those people. And that's what God is calling us to do. You know, God, God calls us not perfect. He doesn't call us because we've got our lives together. He calls us because God wants us. He wants us to be a disciple. He wants us to follow. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done or what your life is like, God calls you. Just as Jesus called John and transformed him from anger to love, Jesus calls each and every one of us and he can transform us from the anger that consumes us to the love that will overflow within us. And when that love overflows, it will actually affect and change the world around us. See, it's that love that flows through us because of the Holy Spirit in our lives that will show the greatest love, the love of God, has for all of the world. And we're a reflection of, of our God. And if we're full of anger and hatred, how can we actually reflect the love of God? Think about it for a moment. If we're full of anger and hatred, how can we actually reflect the love of God in our life? It, it is the love of God that needs to overflow through us, so we need to pray for that to happen in our lives. It is the love that we show the world around us, to our neighbours, to the least around us, that will help the world see the very love and the very nature of God. Because God so loved the world so much that he gave his only son and so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
So let's just pray. Let's just pray for a transformation in our lives. Let's pray for a transformation from the things that draw us away from the anger that may be in our lives. Let it be transformed into love for those around us. Let's just pray. Our Lord God, we, we give you thanks that, that you actually don't call perfect people. Just as you called the apostles many years ago, you call us today. You call us to be disciples, to be followers. To begin to know your will for our lives and to begin to change our lives. Lord, if there's an area in our life where there is anger, where there is hatred, where there is frustration, Lord, transform that. Transform that so we may have love. Transform that so we may have joy. Transform that so we may have your heart within us, a heart of love for all of the world. Our Lord, we pray this in your holy name. Amen.